Welcome to Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. It's like coffee with an analyst, or it could be whiskey with an analyst reading a spreadsheet, linking crime events, identifying a series, and getting the latest scoop on association news and training. So please don't beat that analyst and join us as we define the law enforcement analysis profession one episode at a time. Thank you for joining me. I hope many aspects of your life are progressing. My name is Jason Elder, and today our guest has four years of law enforcement analysis experience. She is the business analyst, too, for Oakland Police Department in California. She holds both a bachelor's degree and a master's of science degree in statistics, as well as a bachelor's in administration and criminal justice. Here to talk about, among other things, data science in law enforcement. Please welcome Svetlana Gubin. Svetlana, how are we doing? You're doing good. Great. Thank you. <laughs> I, yeah. As I said, I, I practiced that name. I was hoping I'd get it. And sometimes I get it just right. And other times I butcher it even after practicing uh, for a while. So I'm glad you know, I nailed it today. You did a great job. Yes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> How's things in California? It's good. It's still warm uh-huh. and no fires today. Mm-hmm. So we have a great air and fresh air. Yeah, it's that good. is... That's something that's been going on all over the country this summer. What you, you know, you have that out there in California and then all that stuff with Canada yeah. and the air quality up in the Northeast. So, all right. Well, I'm glad things are clean and bright over there in California. So let's go back. How did you discover the law enforcement analysis profession? Actually, it was like a chain of events and meeting with different people. So when I grew up, I had no computer, have no idea what analysis Mm -hmm. itself and how it's happened. So I was very far from it, but I was always had this idea to work in police to help and assist with investigation. So I was even prepared to be enrolled in university to be a a criminalist, to work in a lab. But Mm. life changed, and I changed my plans, and everything turned in different directions. But 17 years ago, I moved to the United States. Then I became American citizen, and I started looking what else I can do after I figured out how to speak in English. <laughs> because oh, so... when I came, I didn't speak at all <laughs> in English. Oh, wow. So I just knew, like, my name is Svetlana, and I'm from Soviet Union. <laughs> this oh. was my English. <laughs> oh, wow. So then what helped you learn English? I noticed that my kids go to school and spend like a half of the day in in just in school, not like in special programs, just mm-hmm. listen their peers around, taking different classes, camps. So I decided, okay, I have a half of the day. Why don't just go some schools mm-hmm. <laughs> and spend time between among the people who speak English? So and I enrolled in local college and I started taking whatever classes were available, because it was very cheap at this moment, and it was easy to enroll. So I took Spanish classes, math, accounting, because it was easy for me. I had that experience before, and I started to take some theater classes, everything where I can just extend my vocabulary and practice and writing and reading. (laughs) So I was kind of successful and helped me a lot. So 
at the time when you come over to the United States, did you only know Russian or did you know other languages as well? I study English in school, mm-hmm. but it was very limited, no practice. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember some grammar, something, but it was like mm-hmm. so long time ago. I actually, where I are born and grew up, people spoke a different language. So mm-hmm. in my family, we spoke Russian because it was like mixed international family. But people outside spoke Ukrainian. So, oh, yeah, so I grew up like simultaneously in two languages because TV, radio, in store, everywhere was a second language. Yeah. What area of Russia did you grow up in? It, it was not Russia. It was the Soviet Union. Oh, so Soviet I Union. was Sorry. born now. It's called Ukraine. Oh, okay. So, and my parents from Ukraine, yes. Oh, okay. But then we became... Because we were in Russia when it split it, so we became Russian citizen. But my heart still with Ukraine. Oh man, so that's geez, that's a personal connection there with all that's going on with Ukraine and and Russia at the moment. Yes, yes. So it's a difficult topic, and it's probably a different story. <laughs> okay. All yes. right. And <laughs> try all to right. be optimistic. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it gets resolved soon. Okay. After you learn English, then what's the next step in your process of becoming an analyst? So my next step was I decided to try take some classes for from criminal justice because I decided, okay, now I enough understand English language and now it's good to know local law, you know, and I took two classes, introduction to criminal justice and the California criminal law. And I was so excited because the professors, they are actually lieutenants and captains in uh, law enforcement. They were so interesting people and they provide very interesting classes. And compared to my other classes, it was very strict, like 30 questions, 30 minutes to answer. Mm-hmm. Compared to economics, like 20 questions in one hour, you know, like mm-hmm. it was very strict, very organized classes and like involved. And it looked like people actually feel about what they teach. And it's very interesting. So and after these two classes, I completely switched my directions because I was almost graduated with accounting major in a community college and I started over. <laughs> mm-hmm. I started taking classes and I said, okay, maybe I can back to my dream to become uh, in the work in crime lab. So I started to take classes and I was ch- I got a chance to work in crime lab and I saw everything they doing and I realized the chemistry is still a very tough subject. Mm-hmm. And I can't do it now. Chemistry was worse than it was before. <laughs> and I started talking my lab because my manager, she told me somehow I have to finish college. <laughs> I can't stick forever. I need to move. I said, okay, I, I need just a couple of weeks to figure out. And I started talking to people and some of them, I don't remember who exactly, they told me, oh, there is a field not in the crime lab but you still can analyze information and assist in investigations it's a crime analyst mm-hmm. and we have them you can talk to michael was he can help you maybe he can take you as a turn instead of working in the lab you will work with him 
I said, okay, it's cool. I started to investigate what this about, who is crime analyst. I said, okay, it's very, very cool and very interesting. I talked to Michael Voss, who was a crime analyst in Sheriff's office of Contra Costa. And he told me, we just took a turn, but I now place where uh, they have analyst, but they're looking for a turn. I said, cool. So I called to Michael Rainey, who visited mm-hmm. your podcast and gave interview. Yeah. And he, he took me. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I started finishing my college. I enrolled in um, this training in Sacramento University. Mm-hmm. That certi- uh, at that moment, they were certified by DOJ office in California. Now it's not certified training anymore. But okay. I was lucky to be certified. Did my 400 hours with Michael, transferred to university. And instead of forensic science, I transferred to criminal justice. And yeah. then being in criminal justice, it's a Hayward University. They told me everyone has to have major and a minor mm-hmm. because they don't have enough classes. You have enough classes, but you still can take minor. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking which minor I can take that will support and help me to work as an analytics. And I found out statistics. I came to statistics department and I talked to was a counselor for bachelor's degree. And he told me, who cares about minor? You need, <laughs> you need a major, <laughs> but I don't have enough math classes. Oh, he said, it will be easy. You will take it. You're from Soviet Union. You know math well. No problem. <laughs> I said, okay. I went to chair department and I talked to him and I said, but I'm from criminal justice. We don't have math classes. I don't know how to substitute some classes because I have to completely start over again. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He told me, you can try some of them, but I will substitute you. We will f- figure out. If so, anyone tell you anything, let them know I allowed you to be enrolled in our must, uh, bachelor program in okay. statistics as a major. I said, okay. So <laughs> it took me total three years, and nice. I finished with two bachelor degree as a two majors, not the minors. <laughs> Oh, yeah, man. it was very interesting because what I did, all my project and statistics, I, I used open sources or from permission from my department data sets, and mm-hmm. I analyzed them in statistical way, so more like deeper and with more interesting results and um, outcomes mm-hmm. in my classes. So, and the Michael was very... <laughs> He was very like intrigued every time when I bring like 20 pages from my analytical class. Then yeah. this is results. Very lots of pages from calculations. I said, yeah, it's too tough. Yeah, but you can read only conclusions. You don't need to read everything else. And the conclusions yeah. is most interesting stuff. And yeah, it's helped me a lot to look differently, to analyze information differently. And when I almost graduate, I counselor in a bachelor degree, she told me, you're so good in statistics, you need to stay for our master program. (laughs) (laughs) They don't want to let you go, do they? Yeah, like it's a joke. No, you, because one of my professors who, Eric Seuss, who actually became like a mentor, 
He provides lots of visualization classes and the practical classes. You know, he started use samples from criminal justice as well. And he told me before me, no one actually considered it seriously criminal justice because it's not enough data. It's something unclear. But my passion in this field and so gives them idea that maybe to try to see what's going on in criminal justice is any interesting projects, analytical tools, stuff, how people use it and analyze it. And he find out lots of interesting projects uh, he shared with us, especially from New York, because they have a big department. So they actually use Python to create projects and some other people just use open sources and analyze crime too. And it's very interesting how they do it, even techniques and the tools just to visualize it without special software. Yeah, so I t- took two more years mm-hmm. and uh, finally I was graduated. <laughs> <laughs> with master's degree in statistics yes and focusing and in data science yes so yeah, i'm glad baby. that so many people a little bit forced me to do small extra steps that actually bring me to where i am now and i appreciate all this everyone who i met on my way to to this profession so yeah. this is how i discovered it and how i get in and yeah, yeah. Yeah. So did anybody try to talk you into a PhD? We discussed this question. <laughs> my school does not have it. So, but I have discussed it with my some uh, professors in statistics and in criminal justice. Yes. So they gave me some advice. So practically now I just collect information and collect ideas that I want to develop. And I talk some schools that mm-hmm. are planning to do it remotely in a couple of years. So maybe I will join them <laughs> because I don't want to drop my work right now. So mm-hmm. I want to stay working, but most PhD programs required to be full-time enrolled and I'm not ready yet. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I find it impressive because you talked about chemistry. I, I, I can't, I, I mean, chemistry was hard enough for me in English. I can't imagine trying to do it in a second language, trying to learn it. So it's certainly impressive what you, what you were able to accomplish. Now, with the stats, did you always find that math came easy to you? Do you consider yourself good at math? Yes, I always liked it in, in school and in high school. I was very good at math. Maybe mm-hmm. not so advanced like some... Uh, advanced people but in because my in soviet union we had a two different type of schools general one and specialized one Mm -hmm. so in general school i was on top in math chemistry in every subject (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah but compared people in specialized school i might be being somewhere at the bottom (laughs) of the line (laughs) yeah because yes many people notice that soviet union education is especially old one style is much different than in united states especially in the level of high school Mm -hmm. yeah so when i took for example here test for college Mm -hmm. i passed two years of college right away oh okay and when they told me oh you're from soviet union it's understandable yeah, mm-hmm. because we have mandatory requirements for algebra. I, I had a 
four year four or five years chemistry mm-hmm. biology zoology anatomy ana- analysis statistics everything in high school before i graduate mm-hmm. oh, <laughs> so okay. it's very high education even in the high school and then it's go to university here it's a little bit different mm-hmm. yeah it's more advanced in in university than in high school yeah but this has helped me even mm-hmm. without english because i i understand idea you know then i just practically how it's named in english but i knew how to solve integral integration how to take a square roots i don't need mm-hmm. to teach myself how to do it i just need to know how it look like and how it's named in a different language right. not just mm-hmm. english yeah so it was not so hard for me And so let's get into the internship then. What tasks were you doing as an intern? I was lucky or maybe I was too good. So Michael, (laughs) yeah, because after a couple of weeks, I realized that Michael dedicated me some of his routine project. Mm -hmm. So very easily I became from just intern. I practically was like employee. So I just was not paid, but I did regular routine job. So I had my task every single day. I have to came to do uh, projects, reports for chief, for meetings. So, and just at the end, he can check and release it. And sometimes he told me, you have to present it. I said, why? Because, <laughs> uh, because you did it. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter you in turn, you actually work like you employee and it's a yeah. great attitude for what you do. And yeah, and of course I optimized some project for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was an Excel, so I make it more efficient and easy. Yeah. So and my task was I did every week I did like he was talking that we enter information from general RMS to our local system so i entered this if a volunteer didn't had enough time i analyzed weekly monthly burglary robberies that happen mm-hmm. in uh, concord i did st- um, ucr report so i mm-hmm. collected all the information from different sources uh, before it was uh, released to fbr fbi and if anything happened so michael asked me like collect informations and present it as a, a project and reports and i did geographical mapping so i had to study it on my way practically i study everything on fly he told me you need to do this i said okay yes and i go <laughs> listen r- looking how it's working reading uh, online lectures and manuals for software and doing so mm-hmm. yeah and what's most important for me and probably it uh, helped me a lot in the future he brought me to our bay area community of crime analysts oh, it was a huge Yes, so he actually treat me not like some intern. He treat mm-hmm. me as employee, as a crime analyst and a valuable person. So yeah, being intern, everyone in Bay Area they knew me, and all mm-hmm. my project in school 
I, I was trying to bring to meetings to show what we can do if we do a little bit extra steps for analyzing our data. And I presented some cases during the meeting. So for me, it was very big step and the big duties that Michael allowed me to do. Yeah, I'm very appreciate him. <laughs> yeah. So in terms of like the robberies and burglaries that you worked on, are are you trying to identify patterns and trends out of the data to then present to officers? Yes, of course. So my task was not just analyze how many where, but to try to find any patterns, if it's possible, to see if mm -hmm. any combinations. This is why I started to do geographics, because it was easy to me to see if any is the same day of week and the same locations or how they moving. How's happened? We, we didn't have a lot, like it was maybe five or 10 in a month. So it's hard to see any patterns because it more look mm -hmm. like random. So like random people doing random stuff. And yeah. yeah, but it was noticeable what area more affected. So yeah, of course. Yeah. And then based on report, I created, it's called bulletins. And it was presented yeah. for patrol before they go before, on their lane up when they go to 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 work yeah yeah now was there any particular pattern and trend that you can remember that you identified in the data no i don't remember anything specific but as i mentioned i just mentioned it was more specific like area mm -hmm. where it was more likely happened and it's more likely it was by people who know each other or live close by because it was small communities where people rent houses, have houses without land mm -hmm. and some areas where apartments building. So probably we had some ideas that people share information, share about, information mm -hmm. about each other and they know who bought like TV or some expense cell phone. Mm -hmm. And while he or she at work, this apartment was burglarized. Yeah. Now when so you present kind of like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you presented to the officers, that's a pretty big step too. It's one thing to be working on the data, but it's a whole another thing to actually take the data and then present in front of uh, a group of officers, and especially with some of the officers. I don't. I don't know how deep you got in terms of technical analysis or, or any statistical uh, test that you ran, but was that well received? Did you have maybe trouble at first communicating with the officers? I don't remember any tough situations. It was mm -hmm. because Michael created very positive attitude. Mm -hmm. People started believe him and always come and ask, could you help me? Could you look on this several cases? Is anything common? So in the CID, Criminal Investigation Department Division, it was no problem at all. Mm -hmm. These officers, I actually didn't have any issue present because honestly, I used mm -hmm. to be a tax lawyer mm -hmm. and I, I work with court to defend companies who wrongdoing with taxes in okay. uh, home back yeah so i had a big experience to be among the people present in the public and i had a training experience so i trained the counters before so i had kind of like experiences before 
Mm-hmm. I always had concern about my pronunciation, mm-hmm. but because I can't do anything with that, I moved when I was adults and it's practically stay forever with me. Mm-hmm. I just uh, decided, okay, this is what I have. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I don't remember any particular like tough situations because I don't know, for some reasons, people believe me, even mm-hmm. in now where I work in Auckland, people mm-hmm. trust me and mm-hmm. believe in what I am telling them that I checked before I tell them and I always have supported explanation why Mm -hmm. and of course I don't try to go deep in technical details unless people ask me like once I was asked why I did everything it was advised but we didn't catch anyone and I had to explain that if we divide number of cases by how many days a week we have how many hours minutes and seconds Unfortunately, probability is too low. Mm. And yes, it's highly likely like something happened on Tuesday morning, but just highly likely. And yeah. chances are still very small if it's just three events per week, you know. Mm-hmm. And we can't wish more crimes. It's not a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> we wish more data, but we don't want to more crimes. So you mentioned when you presented to the association then that you recommended some extra steps to them. What, what were some of those extra steps that you recommended? It's not like I like I recommended do this, but I showed them what they can use. Like, for example... We, one of my projects was we analyzed how many days uh, happened between car was stolen and then recovered. Mm-hmm. And the most of the time when we study criminal justice and take any crime analysis trainings and classes, we were taught normal distribution, like everything happened in the middle, like mm-hmm. simple explanation. Yes. Sure. But it's not all the time case, even if you have more incidents, like traditionally, if you have more incidents, more cases, like if you have more people, we can calculate average height. Mm-hmm. And the tendency, we, everyone is towards to average. But sometimes, and what I study in statistics classes, doesn't matter how many like people you count, or how many incidents you count, you will not have tendency to have something in the middle. Mm-hmm. And when I analyzed stolen and recovered cars, how many days, it was clearly noticeable that this is not a normal distribution. So it's not distributed normally and nothing happened in the middle mm-hmm. because majority cars were recovered the same day or like up to five days, you recovered approximately 70% of them. Mm-hmm. And rest of them, like 30%, will be spread far, far, like even we found car after one year. <laughs> so it means when you draw this distribution on a paper, like easily how many days and how many cars, you will see that it's not a bell curve. It's a little mm-hmm. bit, it goes from up and going down. It's called exponential. Mm-hmm. 
So it means it has to be completely different calculation for average, for a confidence interval, for everything. Because your first important days, it's the first three, four days, not mm -hmm. middle, like sometime, somewhere in like 15, 20th day. Yeah. So, and I presented this as a view that sometimes we can't do what we study. We need to be more open to additional information, additional possibilities. We need to research more, like do something more about what's going on. And actually crimes, majority of crimes happened on Poisson distribution. I don't want to stress you with complicated words. <laughs> so it's distributed differently. So it means we have mostly events in one day, in one month, had tendency have a less incidence than more incidents, not somewhere in the middle. So if your agency has every day from three incidents to 15, it's mm -hmm. not somewhere in the middle. You ah. majority days will be with three incidents. I see. I the see. smaller number and then go up. And, and then you'll have your down. outliers. Yes. Yeah. And you have to completely different to do calculations and provide where you actually have to be. So you have more days in a month with three incidents than with 15. But if you mm -hmm. put them together, divide, you will be somewhere in the middle, like uh, 10, 12, maybe eight. And mm -hmm. it's not even close for what you have to do. Or I remember when we calculated what's happened. If you have a small numbers, mm -hmm. your confidence interval became on a low level goes to minus. Yeah. And I was, I was like, what to do? And I was told, oh, just drop it. <laughs> and in school, when I finished my master's degree, I realized it's just wrong because we can't have events minus. So it means we use the wrong model. <laughs> it's yeah. have to be completely something different. We can't just drop confidence interval. Yeah. So we need calculated differently where our results will be from zero to something not from minus two minus two to two it have to be from zero to two when we calculate it so yeah i started to do it's a little bit different and for myself to prove it so and i share it with my peers so if you would like you can use it too mm -hmm. but if not unfortunately i can force but my mission is to show people because no one shows this no one tell about this like when i read all books even advanced criminal justice they always talk about simple methods how to calculate but now we have computers it's much mm -hmm. easier to do any calculations it don't have to be so stressful or tough i am laura weaver and my pet peeve is to smile when people do not smile back <laughs> just be kind and everybody's world is very busy sometimes we are not very happy but take some time out of your day to smile at a stranger because you never know what they are going through hi this is dr carlina orozco uh, from the Tempe police department arizona state university and my public service announcement is that correlation does not equal causation if you find that certain things are occurring uh, that may be uh, contributing to a decrease or an increase in crime, for example, that gives an opportunity to investigate it a little bit further to see if possibly there are things contributing. 
but it does not mean that one thing caused the decline or the increase. It just means that there's an opportunity to explore it a little bit further. So let's stay with the example of stolen vehicle recoveries, like you mentioned. So in, in this example, then when you're analyzing the data between stolen and recovered and, and then you're running the statistical test, it has to reach a certain confidence interval in order for you to recommend an, an action for it to be usable. Is, is that my understanding? Yes. Yes. Okay. And is there a certain confidence interval that you threshold that number that you have in mind or is it, you, you can, it's the, the data drives that, that threshold? Uh, as, as I remember from research I did, so it was like three days is like in the first two days it was maximum. Then mm -hmm. the force goes down. After five or seven days, probability became so low. It doesn't mean we don't have to look for, but mm -hmm. uh, people need to understand, like victims, that mm -hmm. if their car found in the first seven days, they're lucky, and it's probably just was used. It explained, for example, for what reason it was used. In the mm -hmm. car, to, car, in Congress, it was more like join right. Mm -hmm. So it's because th there are no bars between Concord and Antioch mm -hmm. and the guys, young guys, they took a car and go to Antioch. So it means what type of crime or for what reasons they did it. Because cars that were stolen and we can't find them or don't see them long in period time, it means they highly likely goes to either to different location, like we found a couple of them in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. or they go to a chop shop so the scars was destroyed so oh, it's okay. not just statistics how many days what we can mm -hmm. do it it's explain what for what reason for how this car was used mm -hmm. and if we can see if we if we got for example a different results like recovered cars goes much further or number of recovered car became much smaller than we have it means cars not used for next crimes or for ride and are not dropped they mm -hmm. just disappeared somewhere but because we recovered very high percentage almost like 70 percent in a seven days it means the cars stay here so it's not just help calculate confidence intervals that mostly don't need it for officers but it explains and we can think about why it's short period. Mm -hmm. What happened with this car is this short period. Because if we get like in a different distribution and only like 30% were recovered, we would think about different usage of this car and explanation why they use car and for what reason. So this has helped me being a statistician. It's not just statistics but mm -hmm. how we can apply it for analysis. This is why when I was um, in school with statistics, we had several directions. We can choose data science, archivarius, and theoretical, mathematical directions. So I choose practical one, data analysis. 
to see more. So we were more talking about not about formulas, not how calculate, but how to interpret your data, how to interpret your results we got. Mm -hmm. Good. So this brings us to your analyst badge story. And for those that may be new to the show, the analyst badge story is the career defining case or project. And so for you, you're still interning and it's 2016 and you are working on a bank robbery series with Michael. Yes. Yes. It was a very interesting case because I just started and this so intrigued case happened on my eyes. The guy later, he was called Birded Bandit because he had a bird. <laughs> and he robbed from 10 to 11 banks in California between Sacramento Bay Area and going to Gilroy. And he used, now it's publicly available information, it's nothing secret right now. So he used, he had not just birds, uh, he never used firearm. He was smart mm -hmm. enough to understand. And if, later he told, he did research. So if he doesn't use firearm, he will, if he caught, he will get less punishment mm. because it will be, yeah, no firearm. It's less severe crime than uh, robbery with using firearm. So okay. he didn't use firearm, don't present, don't simulate it, but he provide notice, like give me your money. And sometimes when he saw like clerk, became like trying to look around, happen something, he just ran away and take any money. So his cage was not so much big, but amount and the speed, he started like once in a while, mm -hmm. but then it became several times a week and then several times a day. Oh, and wow. what helped him, he used black Mustang. Mm -hmm. So very speedy car. And this helped him to drive faster from location to location. But this was noticed by people, uh, citizens who was in bank or around bank, that this guy every time used the same car mm -hmm. and he was birded. He dressed differently every time. It looked like he had a bunch of T-shirts, different ones, in his car. And then... He didn't hide his face. Nothing happened. Yeah. So he just started to make it so open. And at one time, he was in a Brentwood. He didn't actually rob bank in Brentwood, but people noticed him in a pharmacy and called police. And the police, what they did, good, smart job. The officers, they found the car, Black Mustang, on a parking lot and started wait him around. Mm. And this guy, he shaved his head and removed the bird. So he was not recognizable now the same way. But because he came to this car that only one black Mustang, he was arrested. Mm. And he, because closest city in the way he robbed the bank was conquered, and he was brought in our station in jail. And then FBI show up and took him. So my participation in this project was Michael, my manager. So he called in different places and banks to collect information and ask me to create a matrix about his movements, make a timeline, places, mm -hmm. how much money, how he was looked in each place. 
uh, what notice he provided. So everything about cases. And we find out that we had more cases than FBI had because <laughs> some bank did not notify FBI. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, and when, before it was before he was caught. So we had a meeting joined with FBI in the cities where he robbed the banks. So, and Michael told me I have to present my matrix because I did it. I joined all information and I presented it for this joint task force. And in a couple of weeks, he was cut because one of the city finally make its publicly available information. And one of the citizens in Brandwood helped notice him and helped to find out his car and him and stop him. Yeah. yeah. And based on my prediction, this guy was just recently fired. He lost his job. He didn't know what to do, but he was smart enough to do some research to get low punishment. As I know, he got just 45 months because he didn't use firearm. Mm-hmm. And at least he collects some money. Yeah, but it was a tough situation. So it was not like a guy who used to do it a long time, like a mm-hmm. criminal guy. He was actually very, very nice looking and clean, like this very... Like, or businessman looking like yeah like a good guys who had a tough situation in a life yes mm-hmm. all right so then with the data that you're analyzing and you're looking over all the incidents and you mentioned that he was picking up his pace like he would start out with doing it not so regularly and then he was getting to the point where he's doing multiple per day what if any, did you see any pattern in the data that you were analyzing? Yeah, he, he did it mostly in the middle of the day because when he did multiples in, first of all, because it's less people in a bank, mm-hmm. plus it's easy to drive, less traffic, so middle of the day. And it looks like at the beginning he tried. He tried to do it, how it's happened, see what's happened after. And as more he uh, doing it, he became more confident. Mm. Like, I don't need to hide myself. I just go and no one catch me. So <laughs> why don't just go next place? Because while they figure out here, I will do it in, in one or two hours. I will reach much further in California mm. and find mm. out another place. Because he noticed probably, and this is a big difference from like my home country, Soviet Union, the police here is not a single system with mm-hmm. hierarchy. Every single city is a separate. Mm-hmm. And until they figure out that the same cases happened uh, in their uh, location, until they find out how vi- suspect or victim matched each other, it takes time. And it means it gives opportunity for offenders to commit crimes without worrying at some point that they will not be caged until we find out on our meetings that we have a similar cases and we can help each other. But at this moment, they moved somewhere else. And it's maybe not, and we have like meetings for Bay Area, we work together, but something happened in LA, we might don't know. Or even Gilroy, you know, where is Gilroy for us and where is Bay Area? So this is kind of problem, and but it works for offenders, yeah. Yeah, hmm, that's interesting. And do you know off the top of your head, total how much money he stole? 
roughly? Well, it was like 25, 30 something thousand. Not okay. too much because sometimes he got like from zero to thousand sums because cashier yeah. now don't have too much money. They don't keep. And as we noticed, it's easy to them to give some money because uh, insurance will cover it. This is why they don't notify FBI. Don't <laughs> make because if they notify FBI, it became case and a bank should be closed for amount of time until it's investigation. Yeah, because they need fingerprints, they need cameras, they need mm -hmm. whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Well, let's move on to you becoming an analyst. We're pretty far into this interview and we're <laughs> finally getting to you going and becoming an analyst at Oakland Police Department. So then what are you doing for Oakland Police Department? Is it about the same or how? just compare and contrast? I started with a similar job mm -hmm. in, as a crime analyst, yes. And so I did like anal analytics. I work, uh, I assisted patrol and investigations and people just started to come to me and ask, could you look this? Could you help me here? We mm -hmm. have some problem in downtown area. What do, what do you think? <laughs> yeah. How we can analyze it? So it started more broad and broad. And finally, I was transferred to a different unit. It's called research and planning, where mm -hmm. I can assist not for specific crime, but more citywide mm -hmm. and do some like uh, dashboards and like interactive Mm -hmm. uh, tools that could be used to analyze crimes, not just analyze crime, but I assist record, records uh, unit, I assist um, risk management. To, so I help to analyze data to other units, not just crime now. So to crimes, it added more other units because everyone has data mm -hmm. and everyone needs to help to analyze them. Okay. So is this when, when you transferred to re research and development, is this when the the title changed from crime analyst to business analyst too? Yes, this okay. is the reason, yeah. Because crime analyst is more narrow mm -hmm. and a business analyst give me more wider and higher perspective to look from top to bottom, like to get access to databases, to get access to other units that I never met before. Mm -hmm. So then in terms of you be, being there with the department for four years, what are you most proud of as you look back? I participated in a couple interesting homicide cases as an analyst. So I did, I helped with presentations to DA to charge people who was suspects in this, those cases. And my relationship with all units I'm very proud that I mm -hmm. was able to build relationship with sworn people because mm -hmm. it's always difficult, especially when you're female <laughs> in the male yeah. world. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, but I I think I did it successfully and it's helped me a lot when I was in turn and here. And especially because it, I started to go to gym and for, <laughs> for sworn <laughs> people, yeah, I know, but it feels like, oh, she is with us. Like <laughs> we do, we practice in gym, we exercise. It means this person ours. And I started participate all sports events that I capable. 
like mm-hmm. running events. We have this event in California. It's called Special Olympics Running, mm-hmm. when all agency carry fire and okay. collect then yeah. and collect money for special needs kids. Mm-hmm. The torch. So torch running. Yes. And every year when we do it, I participate in this. Nice. And I feel like it's I feel very like I'm in team. <laughs> I'm nice. together because all every time it's only and it's sad for me because it's only sworn people participate. Mm-hmm. So and I'm with them. So and now it's not them and us, it's we are. So I feel like I joined this team and this is my best achievement. Besides, I do a great job. Yeah. But yes, and Honestly, I just found out today that actually in uh, May, I got a good, it's called, it's called good conduct bar that actually it's happened. Sworn people get it. So it's like a plank you put on your uniform. Uh, it's, it's, it's accommodation. Oh, it's, yes. or is or is a pin? Is it something that it's uh, like a pin, but it, it looks like a plank, you know, bar. Mm-hmm. But and it's I was told that it's very difficult to get it, and I found out I got it in May, but I just found today. (laughs) So someone forgot to tell you. (laughs) No, they put in my box outside, and it's very small. It just drop inside. (laughs) Yeah. So for me, it's a huge honor, you know, that to get awards that happened. I don't yeah. know if any civilian actually, <laughs> civilians got this award, but this plank, I just don't have uniform to wear it. But for me, it's a huge yeah, deal. And yeah, I always support events that happen for sworn people because we work for them and they have to mm-hmm. see us not like we're just doing something, mm-hmm. but we actually support help for their investigations and um, for jobs they're doing. Yeah. And there's certainly, we've talked on the show from time to time about sometimes the, the strained relationship between civilian and sworn, but it is a really good feeling when you are a member of the team and you have what you're responsible for that truly makes you part of the team. And it's not something that's just uh, something trivial. It's a key contribution. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. So, all right, well, let's go on to like a more general topic in terms of data science and law enforcement, because I think I've talked on this show a couple of times now about really, I, I haven't, I, I do think there is a lack of science in the profession. And I'm really surprised given that this profession's 40 plus years old in the United States that there isn't more science, there isn't more math. And a lot of departments are just doing very basic statistics, mean, median, mode, and we're still just doing some basic distributive statistics where we're just doing counts. We might do average call for service responses, but for the most part, there's not too much heavy stats. There's not too much technical skills and analysis, I feel. There should definitely be more. So it's definitely a challenge for our profession to get more technical. So I just wanted to give you the the, the floor a little bit and just have you talk about 
your perspective and your thoughts as we're trying to get uh, more of data science in law enforcement? Yes. When this profession born and raised, it was not enough like a computer. We mostly use calculators to do everything manually. And it was clear at that moment that, yeah, it should be something simple and easy when it started. But through the years, unfortunately, it was not developed deeper. People who taught it, who provide for us trainings, they still the same people. We don't have it like fresh blood who will teach new generations with new techniques, uh, skills. And this is probably luck when we have trainings for crime analysis. Even when I took trainings, I noticed what they taught us. It was very basic, very simple. Mm -hmm. And the second problem is people jump to work and so busy, they don't have enough time to, to put time and effort to, for development. Mm -hmm. But I think, I can't say we have to, must to. It's not good word in English, as I taught English. It should be it good if everyone of us spend at least one hour a week for trainings, for looking for new te techniques. Even many of us use uh, Excel and know some formulas, we should spend some time a week to looking for new formulas, new features that developed by Microsoft. There are so many trainings, they send every week some new tips and just practice it a little bit. So develop and look out of the box to understand what is more wider in criminal justice has tendency hire people who has education in criminal justice, but for specialization to be analyst. My personal opinion is should be people from statistics, math, computer science with some knowledge like in minor in criminal justice, because we can study this field, but study technical skills is very, very difficult. And now it's very popular, became a data scientist. And nothing mm -hmm. better than this. So if we bring data scientists to this job, train them in law enforcement, it would be, I think, good combination. Because these people have technical skills and we teach them criminal justice and it will be good results. And at least when, especially it's important when people work as a solo analyst or if they multiple, at least one person have to be a data scientist, data analyst mm -hmm. to know how to manipulate with data. Don't have to be all of them, but it have to be at least one person who willing to share a knowledge, help to create templates, to explain, give some trainings to his or her peers, like to motivate everyone to study and get some something new and efficient. Like I know in New York, they have a whole department of data people who is not crime analysts, they're data. And they help to data analyst people. So we are not New York, we're not so big and not mm -hmm. don't have so much money. But uh, <laughs> I know many cities like I talked to Portland, uh, I talked to uh, Riverside and I forgot this name in the south of California, another city. They have at least one person, data scientist or data research person who is doing like main heavy stuff job and 
team of crime analysts with whom he or she tightly work. And this is like, it's a good combination. Yeah. So is when it comes to the data scientists, then are they producing reports or are they coming down with recommendations? I mean, I think I think one of the big disconnects between when you talk about technical skills and statistics and math is that gap between the science and then the practical application and really the what is what is the technical skills producing that can be put into practice right i almost think in a way you almost need a recipe at first so everybody can you go through step by step on exactly how how the technical skills produce this and then come out with some actionable results there and i, I but i do feel that there is that gap between the concepts of math and science and stats, and then the actual practical application. What's happened in this field? I can answer this way. The most of the time, like when I was in Concord and working here and any other city, it's very common that IT department of the city, they hold all databases, all information, and they don't share anything with anyone. (laughs) They don't allow access because they don't trust people. (laughs) So the data scientists, it's exactly that person because it's not who produce reports. Data scientists, it's it's a qualification of person who can get raw data, make it perfectly, make a magic, who can uh, connect to databases and understand what is going on, how it's connected, how it's working. So it's a person who IT can trust and give mm-hmm. access. Then data scientist, it's a person who can extract data, mm-hmm. create environment where it's user-friendly for other analysts and, and other users, not just uh, crime analysis. For example, I created system for records where they can, every morning it updates automatically. They, they just open application download they set data dates like from today to yesterday or three days three weeks and uh, they get reports they need so my job as a data scientist was connect select what they want results they want to get and create this application so now their job download data and analyze it in a way they would like to do it when people want i can do next step create an analytical report that they can use to report to chief or whatever. So it depends on uh, until what stage they would like. But data scientists, it's not just person who provide report. He can Mm -hmm. provide report. He can clean data. He can or she can connect to databases, work with IT and get some additional manipulation. So it's a person who can cook and produce results inside the because most of the time we don't have data we have to work with third-party company who provide for us and rely on how they manipulate with our data and provide like uh, extracting like recently Mm -hmm. uh, i took one company they provide training for us for bay area 
departments. And I asked them, okay, we, we extracted, we selected, we found, perfect. How can I download it? You can export PDF. So how can I work with PDF uh, list of incidents? So they created nice how to do search, how to find by keywords, everything. But when it's come to downloading, I need a list in Excel to work with, but I get a PDF or just use a snip tool. And this is, doesn't work perfectly. So in ideal world. Yeah. And this is how we can integrate the data scientists. So it's not just statistics. Where is some deep calculations? This is also included because when you clean data, when you create search inside your data, it's some manipulations. Yes, but it's it's a whole like cooking process to help people analysts, intelligence investigation analysts to work easily. Yeah. So I I, I think I understand the the point of data science it's a little bit of in between it and end user like they they need to have certain technical skills in order to manage the data and manipulate the data and create an environment for the data to be usable and there's certainly certainly there's the the level of skills that would be necessarily to do that. So there is that aspect to it, but I, I would think that the next level for that though would be applying some more statistics, more math to the equation there that they're actually doing some heavy duty probability on the data and producing it that way, going beyond what I had described earlier, which is just descriptive statistics and more into applying stats and mathematical uh, applications. Yes. So when everything is perfect, you establish connections with your IT, you're working, you have your data, you mm -hmm. satisfy everyone, you create templates and everyone is working. Yes, now what's next level? Yes, it's doing a more deeper anal analytical stuff, uh, with uh, hotspots, crime patterns, data, are we actually growing in crime? Are we mm -hmm. still in the same level? It's forever question applying like time series for crimes because it's actually the same as it happened in market. We have a time series how stock market is growing, uh, dropping price, the same as crime up and down. Mm -hmm. And when it's up, it's okay. And when it's not, to see any descriptions when it started actually growing more in what area do we need to jump every time when we have multiple crimes in specific areas or we just can be flexible because this is a normal when we have some jumping and um, what to do with this. Yes, yeah, this is will be next step and this is I hope we will have in um, in Auckland too. Like more, we, this is bring us to transparency of law enforcement and to open data to more explanation why and what and how it's happened. Yes, you're right. If they want to get more on the, the data science side, they want to get more uh, knowledge, skills and abilities in terms of math stats and the technical skills that you mentioned. So what do you recommend to them? 
for those who working now, it's maybe a good idea to take, uh, especially right now, it's lots of free classes online. Take some classes for data science to be able to understand how we can analyze data, how we can clean data, what's actually data. And for those who are trying to get in this field, maybe consider options to have a minor in statistics or computer science, or maybe switch minor to major and have its more technical classes, or at least take some additional classes, spend maybe a little bit more time in school, but get understanding how to deal with data, not in a just simple way, but being more prepared. And I hope we will have a new way of trainings for crime analysts to prepare them and use new tools not just calculator and calculate everything average, but take some programming languages, take some software like Power BI, Tableau, Quick, SAS, many of them on different languages. And even in Excel allowed us to do statistics and be more complex and interesting and save time for routine job and spend more time for interesting project and help with investigations. Mm. So my advice, train yourself, look, find the time. We always procrastinate time. So procrastinate it with training. Yeah. And, and I noticed on your resume here, one of the programs that you used is R, which is a free software that anybody can use. And there are lots of training opportunities, YouTube videos and whatnot that you can uh, learn how to use R. So for, I guess for you at the police department, how did you use the R software? I use it for statistical analysis right now for projects, um, or I did projects in a school. So for me, in my crime analysis, you never was not allowed to use R. So I use R very carefully, but I use it in school. And when I used to work in Concord, yes, oh, but okay. I know, yeah. But I know that there are many packages and interesting projects in R for calculation crimes, doing some interactive dashboards. Mm -hmm. And actually, R is a specific language for, mm -hmm. for statistics. Mm -hmm. So many people study Python. It's a good language, but it's more general and very powerful language. R is more narrow language because it's specialized on statistics packages, statistics products, and visualizations. So this is language we study in school, like a major language. So I, I took a little bit Python and SAS. SAS mostly used in genetics and because FD, uh, FDA, they required everything made in SAS language because they know what's packages about and it's very expensive. But Python and R is very interesting. And if agency allowed to use it, it's good languages. Not just statistics, you can do many tools, especially if you don't have a, like a huge data set, you can use it easily. All right, well, let's uh, finish up the show with personal interest then. And for you, you had mentioned it before that you run as part of the police department team for the Special Olympics, passing the torch. And, but you also do this for normal exercise. You are, you have ran several half marathons. How many half marathons have you ran? 
uh, it's probably hundreds. Oh, wow. In for I started year before pandemic 2019. Mm-hmm. So it's it's about hundreds. I, I at some point I stopped counting <laughs> because it became so many. I don't even remember which one I did, which one not. I just remember which one is more excited of them, yeah. most uh, interesting or most tough. Yes, and I did one marathon. I did only one marathon. Yes. Yeah. So what was the toughest one that you did? My toughest was, it was almost 14 miles because it's a trail marathon, half marathon. Oh, okay. It's called ultra half marathon. It was a little bit longer and it was almost 4,000 feet up. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it was longest and the highest. Oof. And it took me almost, I'm a very slow person, mm-hmm. I, I'm honest. It took me five and a half hours oh, to wow. finish it. Yes, but I didn't feel like I spent so much hours because I just was, it was a nice park, mm-hmm. nice environment, nice view I was enjoying and good weather and give, I parallel, I was thinking about my, some of my projects, <laughs> how yeah. can I organize them? <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I even didn't feel like I didn't have enough food or water. So they provide for us, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel like I need too much but mm-hmm. it was very it longest and the, and the toughest one, yeah. Yeah, that's quite an elevation, man. That's like that's basically climbing stairs for five hours. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, man, so yeah, I've ran both marathons and half marathons. I do really like the half. I I think that is a a really uh, good distance. And to me, I've always said the marathon is like overeating. Like to me, it's just like way too much. It's way too far, I think. And then there's just like this recovery process. Whereas I could run a half marathon, as you probably can too, and not have like the severe soreness and recovery time that goes along with running a marathon. Yes, especially I don't do it too fast. So... Mm -hmm. It depends on location, distance, and environment, how hot is or how cold is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and I just enjoy what I'm doing. And mm-hmm. yeah, half half marathon is a good distance. Everything up to 20 miles is a good distance. <laughs> <laughs> Everything beyond 20 miles. I did twice 19 miles, and mm-hmm. I did once 26 miles. Yes, I did once. Yeah. It was yeah. uh, too tough. But I hope to go once in a real marathon. And I I thought, it, I heard it's addictive. Once you did it, <laughs> this has happened with my half marathons. I never did before. Like I, I always run like 10K. But mm-hmm. then I tried because it was a cool mar- half marathon in Las Vegas. They closed trip, mm-hmm. strip for nighttime and you run in the middle of Las Vegas. Everything collided, no cars, and you just run half marathon and marathon, so whatever you choose. And to prepare for this, yeah, it was so cool. I decided, okay, I need to practice. And I did my first half marathon, then this in Vegas. And then I just, like my friend said, no reason to run 10K, just half marathons, mm-hmm. period. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's good enough to be tired and not overtired. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Well, our last segment of the show is Words to the World. This is where I give the guests the last word. So, Lana, you can promote any idea that you wish. What are your words to the world? 
by word to word. What happened right now in the world, I wish everyone, let's be, let's talk each other and be peaceful. Because when people kill each other, it's terrible. Not just in my home country where I'm born, but everywhere else. It's so difficult. And I wish it have to be stopped. If I can, I stop it. So let's be peaceful people. We human, we can talk and find solution and be respectful and uh, respect each other. Um, excellent. And I feel badly with saying this now, but you are very good. I leave every guest with you've given me just enough to talk bad about you later. But I do appreciate you being on the show, Svetlana. Thank you so much. Did you be safe? Thank you for inviting me. Thank you for making it to the end of another episode of Analyst Talk with Jason Elder. You can show your support by sharing this and other episodes found on our website at www.leapodcasts.com. If you have a topic you would like us to cover or have a suggestion for our next guest, please send us an email at leapodcasts at gmail.com. Till next time, analysts, keep talking.